Hi, everybody. Some ways to stay in touch with us is through Untapped and Twitter as Craft Beer Comics, and Instagram and Facebook as Craft Beer and Comics. If you want to support us financially, head on over to patreon.com slash craftbeerandcomics and check out all the levels of support and the perks. Now enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. My name is Chad, and I'm the consumer. My name is Chris Losek. I'm store manager Astro Zombies. My name is Robert Palmer, and I'm the brewer. And we'd like to welcome you to Craft Beer and Comics, a podcast. I successfully did not spill, spill any. Spill free this time. I like wow. that. Wow. It's a very rare moment. Hit me with a little bit, sir. I got you. So I am on call, and drinking responsibly is just having like a thimble, you know. That way I can taste it. It's a little heady, but... <clears throat> no worries. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. That's a it. good thing in beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's really good. So like that's a pale a, ale. It's called Palmer's Pool Session Pale Ale. Very cool. Mm, it's delicious. got yeah, it's got a really good like smell off of it. It's an uh, an APA American Pale Ale, five uh, percent alcohol, so lower on alcohol. Um, I think forty five IBUs, so international bittering units. Not real hoppy, but hoppy enough to to drink like a hoppy beer, just not real bitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's got a good it's got a good hop profile, which I always like about a pale ale. This is like uh, the IPAs. Easier drinking cousin. Little sister. Yeah, you can drink a bunch of these versus a couple right. of the uh, the bigger ones. One of my favorite uh, pale ales, and really it's been my favorite beer for forever, uh, is the Sierra, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. And I just like, you can, like, it takes you on a journey where you can taste all the different flavors. And well, this and is comparable, to be I was going to say, that's the first thing I noticed about this, is that, that smell really gets you. It's nice and... We were talking earlier about how, like, people just want to pretend like they know stuff. Like, I don't know what I'm talking about when I talk about beer. Um, but for me, when I smell it, like, it smells clean and fresh and just kind of cooling. Like, it's it's really hot today, and I'm pretty hot. Just smelling it kind of cooled me down. Pretty, pretty proud of yourself, too, there. Yeah, yeah. And modest. And, and modest. And modest. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are jerks. Yeah. Um, Stop picking on me. <laughs> but yeah, and then you taste it, and it, it's very flavorful. I like that a lot. It's, it's not good. overwhelming with the bitterness or anything. It's uh, like I say, it's an, one of the easier drinking ones, uh, especially with that alcohol. You can have a few and not not fall down. Right. That's always that's always one of my problems. Is like I do like IPAs, and so I'll buy a pack of them or whatever, and I'm like, oh, I got nothing going on, so I'm gonna have a couple tonight. And then I wake up <coughs> in the morning, and I'm like, I had too many of those. Yeah. <laughs> It happens. Yeah. So uh, we were talking earlier um, uh, about about the brewery itself, and you had you ran in some, into some issues today, yeah? And it's always something. Um, everybody thinks it's easy. Oh, you make beer and sell it. And like, that's not hard. Well, it's not, it's not just making the beer. It's not just cellaring the beer. It's not carbonating the beer, kegging it. It's, uh, today we had a tap, a tap line issue. Um, a lot of breweries have cold boxes in the back of the brewery they have serving tanks they push the beer we push our beer 85 feet with a five foot rise and a five foot fall on either end so we're pushing if you have a kegerator at home you're normally six to eight psi we're pushing 27 psi through our beers okay because there's a mathematical equation that you go um resistance times elevation rise and drop um 
the inside diameter of your hose, all that stuff. So uh, you have to really dial in a tap system. And I put on a new keg of, I cleaned the line, put on a new keg of the um, semi-sweet cider today, and it stopped pouring. Just wouldn't I come changed, out of the tap. I changed the faucet. I changed the tap. I changed everything. Um, then I started trying to push CO2 through the line. Nothing's going through the line. So somewhere in the tap head at the at the bar where we serve from, there's a restriction. Okay. When we built that tap head, we ran stainless steel lines in it and then leaded them all in there because mm. the lead helps keep the temperature. You're running glycol through that trunk line to keep everything cold. So the beer has to stay cold once it leaves the cold box all the way to the tap at all times or it goes bad. Something's There's a restriction in there. So to fix that, I'm going to have to pull that whole tap head apart, melt all the lead out, pull oh. all the it's Yeah. It's going to be a process, yeah? Yeah. Oh, pain in the arse. Like, day, like days of process. So. And it's affecting and it, all the taps? <clears throat> just the one. Uh, we only have 12 taps. One was bad from the start. It leaked. After we laid it, everything in, so we didn't use that one. One has ginger beers, so I only have 10 taps for the beers and cider. Mm-hmm. Now I have nine. So we're going to have to... But what you're saying you need to get in there and pull stuff apart. The other the other taps will still pour when you're in there? No, i got to take the whole you tap head. So you're going to be shut down. The tap head's an assembly. Um, right now we're closed Monday, Tuesday. Okay. <clears throat> so so you just can, have to plan it around that. I'll be there late on Sunday after close and pull it apart and see if we can get it back together for Wednesday. Wow. It sucks. Yeah. It's Good not times. all gumdrops yeah. and, yeah. and hot balls. And right. Everybody thinks beer. you make beer. You just drink all day. Right. I freaking work hard all day. Yeah, yeah. right. I mean, it's a job. It's like any job. Yeah, and unfortunately, I own the place, so. Yeah, yeah you, yep. you can't look at the yeah. owner and be You're like, not hey, like oh, it's 4 o'clock. I'm going home. <laughs> no. <laughs> Sorry, this is your problem. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. It's mine. Yeah, that's, um, that's rough, man. <laughs> it's part of it. I mean. Yeah. Can't get too sad about things like that or. Yeah. I mean, it's just like running any business. You, you, you run into roadblocks all the time. And, you know, I tell people with the, with the 48 hour film project that that I do is I tell people, I'm like, everybody's going to hit a roadblock. It just depends on what you do when you hit it. Are you going to, are you going to go over the wall? Are you going to go around the wall? You're going to go under the wall. Are you going to plow right through it? Because if you just sit, at the wall and you don't do anything that's where you fail exactly you so. got to find a way around or over or through yep so so i have faith in you i think you'll you'll get we'll it figured out you. we'll get it figured out yeah after this beer <laughs> right <laughs> it's gonna one. all come together yeah after this case in the next case we've only got one case left yeah so uh if uh if everybody hasn't noticed uh we are missing one of our cohorts today mr <laughs> jason uh he went he went on an adventure, so. Well, his sister produced a child, Ooh. and he went to meet said child. That sounds awesome. Yeah, he's an uncle. First time, I believe. I could be totally lying, though. I can't remember. Uh, I don't know. I should know. <laughs> you should. <laughs> you should. You guys spend, what, mostly every day together? Yeah, at least three days. Yeah. We spend three days together every day. Yeah. Every week is the way they went. I'm to say that. Three days a week. <laughs> Three days a week. <laughs> You're like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Three days a day. Every day. Every day. <laughs> yeah. That's 50% the type of, of the time. <laughs> that's the type of dog you have to feed every day. Yeesh. So, Palmer, um, I'm trying to think. I was. I had. I had stuff planned to kind of talk to you about and stuff going on 
like you know we're talking about stuff falling apart my brain is mush now um but i i did want to talk to you about um you are on instagram the your business is right yeah and i see you post like pictures of food and stuff do you guys do brunch or every day or do you have a we menu? have a full kitchen okay. um <clears throat> it's kind of a weird thing we didn't I didn't ever want to be in the restaurant business, so... <laughs> no. Yeah, we built out a space, and we leased that space out to a, a kitchen. Oh, cool. So okay. We don't have any say-so as far as the food or anything like that. Don't want to. Don't yeah, want to deal with like, it. Don't want, yeah, that's the last thing you I need to do is worry about food loss and ordering food and stuff like that. So it just yeah, made yeah. sense to... We did the food truck thing for a while, and miserable experience. Oh, really? Yeah miserable experience just like um, people not showing up or just, just they don't show up or they i don't know it's just there's some amazing food trucks in town right there's some not so amazing food trucks in town okay. and i'm not talking food quality i'm talking work ethic and people and business savvy and stuff like that yeah just dependable good people right um so we're doing a another tap room down in old town in the old candy lady building and one of the food trucks we got when we first started out was uh, kitsune and they were amazing they, oh, they were, were at, uh, always there. They were there ago. two days a week. They were, you know, always there, dependable, great food. So we approached them to do our kitchen in Old Town. So they're going to do uh, the kitchen in Old Town. In the Wait, old Candy Lady in building? In the old Candy Lady building. Are you right put in the corner, a new spot? Yeah. Corner of Rio Grande and Mountain. Yeah, man. Sweet. You know, it's... It, it, <laughs> You know, that's going to be, that's awesome. So I like, I love that building just because the candy lady was there for so long and that whole situation, why she moved up just a block is weird Hilarious. and ridiculous, but it serves um, that dude. Right. To be right. It really does. Yeah. But that's cool that you'll be there, man. That'll be, it's going to be, be awesome. a good spot. It's got a, a big patio out back, stuff like that. So, oh, cool. With all the, the COVID restrictions and stuff right now, that'll help having a big patio. Yeah. Do yeah. you know, do you have a, a a date thing it's that so you might hard be with permitting and all that um, i'm hoping in the next couple months we're oh, already really doing fast. the build out we've built the bar uh, doing all that stuff building the kitchen now so so wow. all the improvements are mostly done you're building the kitchen and, but the yeah. bar is ready to roll we got a warm shell um to deal with so already had the bathrooms in place the ada bathrooms and all that stuff so now we're just doing the build out of the bar and the seating i'm and surprised the to hear that they were ada they uh the landlord actually redid most okay. of that stuff. Okay. He added another, um, a second bathroom and stuff so we can get a higher capacity. And yeah, yeah, yeah. What is it? Uh, you have to have two bathrooms per <clears throat> 75 people, I think it is? It depends on if, you have a, if you're a restaurant or if you're a tap room or right. if you're... Okay. But, um, but the two uh, restrooms, the two ADA restrooms now will get us the patio and the inside. I think inside capacity is somewhere around 70. Are you concerned about the, the temperature hurting the patio business? Uh, always. Especially yeah. when it's patio only. Um, right, yeah. right, and, and right so we're now probably going to be there soon. If right now we're twenty five percent indoors, which without a patio we wouldn't open for twenty five percent indoors. So right, right, yeah, no, it would be. Yeah, you would be, be making money. Yeah, you, I mean, you couldn't even afford to pay your employees at that point. So yeah, uh, it's brutal right now, man. This this yeah. world is wacky. It's, it is, and we're all we're all doing the best we can. It's all we can do. Well, I mean, I don't think that's completely <laughs> true. Well. Yes, you're you're absolutely correct. I With think some people are more interested in not doing some things that selfishly. Right. And that's one of the things we get customers that come in and leave us bad reviews because we're following the protocol we have to from it's garbage from the state stuff like that and it we have no choice. Right, right, right. We don't we you don't want to be open. We don't get to agree with it or not agree with it. We just have to follow it right. because right. we need to stay open 
if we're going to continue to be a business. And a lot of of people... You don't want your customers dying off either. No, exactly. <laughs> so it's like so. you can't spend money if you're dead. Right. Somebody no, else I mean, is spending your money. When we you have die. to care about the community that we're in, uh, and we do, of course. I mean, we're when we were shut down, we started producing hand sanitizer. We did stuff like that. I yeah. mean, we anything we can do because this is our community. Without a community, we don't have a business anyway. So right. It's just hard sometimes when people yell at your staff or or give you shit for making them wear a mask. I'm like, I'm not making you wear a mask. Right, right, there's right. A, that's the, the, the public rules. health order is, and I'm not going to pay a hundred dollar fine because you don't wear a mask or right. take the chance of getting shut down shut completely. Down. Because there's, I mean, that's that's something that can happen, and we we deal with the same thing. You know, we have a we have a vague capacity limit. Uh, they didn't give us a number. Yeah, we're a type type B. Okay, and I looked it up. It's forty nine or less is type B. Okay, which by math standards would be twelve and a half people. Um, but we are playing it safe by having less than that, and just because we're not certain, and we don't right. want to get shut down. We, 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 you know, we're already struggling because we were shut down for months, and right. there's less people coming in, and et cetera, et cetera. You know, yeah. um, whether you believe it or not, we just this is the state of the, the way it is. I had a guy come in, and he was talking about, uh, you know, he walked in without a mask, and I said, hey man, you know, we're post. It's posted on the door. It's posted on the sign that you have to basically trip over to get in the door. So they. We're practicing social distancing. We're following the rules set forth to be open. So please put on your mask. He said, oh, no, I've got an excuse. I have a respiratory problem. I don't have to. And I said, unfortunately, you have to hear. He's like, I'll go get the paper. And I was like, well, you know, I mean, you can do that, but it's not going to change my opinion on how I'm running my business. And he, he started throwing a fit about how he has his respiratory problem. And keep in mind his, like, 13, 15-year-old son standing there without a mask on, too. And so yeah. finally, in kind of a rude way, I was like, does your mask, your your son have the same respiratory problem? Because otherwise you're just using this as an excuse to not have to wear a mask. And unfortunately, I can't allow that. And he, he stormed out saying he was never coming back. And it's, it's one of those things where you're like, okay, I mean, well, that's, I, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And I have to do what I have to do. So To me, when people come in without masks, that tells me they don't care about my staff or, or my anybody, establishment. Or Exactly. So yeah. it's like, I mean, you... If you it's, don't care about us, yeah, we're not going to care about you. Exactly. Yeah. And we've got some bad reviews lately. and That's too bad. A guy got a stern lecture for coming to the bar the third time without a mask on. Oh, I, I think you were telling <laughs> me about like, that. Come on, dude. Like, <laughs> You're like, it's the third time. Man. Yeah. like, <laughs> and, and, and I was asked to leave if I didn't put one on. I'm like, then yeah. my employee called me and was like, I'm sorry about the bad review. I'm like, you did exactly what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, that's... And they called it the scamdemic, like in the review and all this stuff. And I'm like, you're already discounting yourself. Right, right, exactly. That? That's a political opinion. Right. Yeah. Not only that, but if it's the scamdemic, it's like, look, they're buying into the propaganda already, and there was nothing yeah. you could have done. There's not, not only that, but I mean, done. it doesn't help you to be like, you have to do this and go here. And I'm not trying to reason with people anymore. It's been eight freaking months or right. something. Like, yeah, it's been a while, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna get shut down because you don't want to follow the rules. And I have friends that say, I, uh, I don't wear a mask. I'm not going to wear a mask. And they said, I won't come to your establishment because I don't want to disrespect you. And I'm like, that's cool. freaking awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, guys. Let me know. I'll bring you some beer over the house and we'll have some. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I appreciate you not coming in and putting my business or my employees at risk. Right. And that's the thing, guys. We, we're not pro-mask or anti-mask based on our opinions on COVID. We're just being reasonable in that we have to do what we have to do. And right. we all have to do what we all have to do in order to keep not only ourselves, but our patrons and our friends and our patrons' friends safe. 
right. whether it's real or not. I have to file for a small brewer's license, a small dis- or a craft distiller's license, and a wine grower's license every year. Yeah. So if I just said, fuck it, I'm not going to follow the state mandated rules, they just don't renew my license next right. year. And I don't have a business. I go away. So yeah. F that. we don't get to believe in it or not believe in it. We right. have to follow it to stay open this isn't a political statement that we're, we're making no, right now we're trying we're just talking about how it how is it's affecting you know? us yeah it's and well, all these cases today and yesterday yeah. five seven seven you know today, uh okay some people say it's not real or whatever but you know we definitely had a, a decline some of the things were allowed to be more and now we're having a significant in- incline yeah in these cases whether you believe it or not the numbers are there by the people that make the numbers or whatever so we just got to go back to what we were doing to, to make it possible for everybody to be open again. Yeah. And, um, you know, speaking of, we're, we're talking about COVID and all that stuff, um, the podcast may be changing our release dates, our release schedule. Um, I may be uh, working on movie sets as a COVID uh, compliance officer. So basically... Oh, you got a dog in this race. I get it. I do. You I'm, want this COVID around. Oh, yeah. Yes, COVID keeps me employed. No. That's not, it's not the ideal position <laughs> right. that I no, want I in film, um, but it gets <laughs> I me. I think you'd like to be an actor, right? <laughs> right. I mean, I'm trained as an actor. Um, I'm working as a producer for two, uh, two different cities for the 48 hour film project right now, um, which is. Uh, it's treating you well. It's, <laughs> I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull my hair out. The Denver pops off tomorrow, which is, um, tomorrow is Thursday, the f- October 15th, um, I don't have the ballots set up because today I just got access to, to set those up and I'm freaking out. I'm going to be up all night getting those together. Um, but it'll be a good learning experience for Denver and then I can do a better job for Albuquerque. You'll learn from your experience. Right. Exactly. But yeah, um, it's not my ideal job on a movie set, but it gets me on the set. You know, you start making contacts and just kind of go from there. So, and that's, that's why I moved to Albuquerque is to mo- work in movies. So, yeah, there's a little more going on down here than up, up in Colorado for that. Right. Which is, which is funny because in Colorado we had 32 teams for the 48 hour film project. And in Albuquerque we had 20 signed up. And then by the time it kicked off, I think we only had 13 total. Really? Why is that you think? So I, my theory is smaller town, obviously. Well, part of it is a smaller town. The other part of it is uh, the people here that want to make movies are working in the movie industry. And so they oh. don't. Yeah. Yeah. Like they're like, I don't want to do this on the weekend. I do this every single day. Fair enough. And so I think that's why we have less. Um, <laughs> that that, that <coughs> romanticism of the movie industry that a lot of people have, they don't realize what goes into it, how long the hours are, yep. how kind of wishy-washy it can be at times. You know, you go from movie to movie and if there's a gap. There's a gap. It's yeah, not like you, you get a save paycheck money. every week no matter what. Right. You've yeah. got to manage your, your money pretty well. Right. And uh, like a, a friend of mine is on the set right now. It's 645 and she's still not done. And so that's why the that's why the time and dates of our releases will have to move to like Saturday record, Sunday release okay. schedule. Well. But yeah. So all sorts of crazy stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, there, it's a wild and wacky world we live in, yeah. for sure. Um, I I don't know how much I want to ask you about the 
the old town location just because like you, you know you're saying you're still building it out you're hoping in a couple of weeks or whatever dude you're gonna make like a, a meth related beer so everybody blue crystallizes your it's beer a, a blue meth beer no probably not good for you good yeah <laughs> we uh we kind of frown on the gimmicky beers there was yeah, yeah. there's been everything from glittering beers to <laughs> we were talking about that was Bosky. Yeah, uh, Bosky today yeah. released a, a blueberry uh or i'm sorry a raspberry glitter beer did they really no yeah, I mean, yeah. no offense to Bosky. no 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 no, no, no. no. but no, i mean and they did they um, they did a they did one before they had a glitter beer before about. yeah they had a glitter beer before and what's funny is the guy who cleans the lines the tech guy is the one who told us about it, and he, we had him He's on. He's like, "Fuck that the beer!" Week, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. the the week yeah. before, um, he didn't say "fuck that beer." No, he just yeah. said that it's difficult to clean the lines post glitter yeah. beer because of the glitter. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, we, I mean, we all know." Uh, you go to the strip club, you wear glitter for four days afterwards. Oh yeah, right. And, and the wife knows. Yeah, you were at the strip club. No, 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 no. Why do you think that? Is she's like pulling glitter off your face and your crotch? Yeah. Oh man, I can't find the picture of it. It was the on beer? It was on Bosky's uh on their You know what's weird? I think it's weird that it's a blue and it's a sour. Uh X oh, Noble had a blue sour as well, I yeah, believe. No glitter, but well. I used to uh, manage restaurants and we changed from high C fruit punch in the lines to Barks root beer. And it tasted like fruit punch root beer for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. Yeah, there's you some You can't stuff. get that stuff out of lines. I yeah. mean, there's certain stuff. And there was no way to replace it. Those lines were built into the concrete. Those are on trunk the, lines like yeah, we yeah. have, yeah. There's no... You'd have to pull up the foundation to... We have our, our house ginger beer on tap, and that's the only thing that will ever be on that. Is that Number 12 beer? tap is because you cannot get it out. Yeah. Um, root beer, ginger beer, stuff like that. You'll never get that flavor out. Yeah, it's, and it was it, delicious for a while, though. Yeah, I was like, Ooh, this <laughs> that is mixture is like fusing yeah, delicious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and as it died out, we were like, "Dang it!" <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm super excited. I can't wait until you open down there. I love Old it's, Town with with it's all. It's kind of heart. an underserved area. I mean, there's Ponderosa over there. There's the new sawmill uh, development going up, but there's um, there's High Noon Saloon, but there's not a lot down there. Is High Noon and, open? Uh, I don't know if they're open right now or not. I don't I th- think I so they were because close, they're just closed. a bar and they don't do food. Yeah, I thought they were closed forever. Oh, they might be. I don't know. Yeah, um, that would suck. It's a that's a staple of Albuquerque. You know, yeah, it's been so around it's been forever. Around yeah, yep. longer than any of us have been around. That's for sure. Yeah. So hopefully they're not closed forever. Uh, we're looking forward to to new neighbors, but yeah. <laughs> Leaving your bar and going to their bar. Yeah, that's the way to do it. <laughs> I, if I drink at my bar, I'm working. Yeah, yeah. Like it's not usually sit down and relax. It's like, oh shit, this is that. And well, once once I'm once I'm not on call, I'll come in, and we'll just sit down. I'll be like, you don't work right now. You're talking to me. Which well, is let's work. go to somebody else's brewery and do that. <laughs> right. Okay. So much more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Rio Bravo's right there. You got a there's a um, tractor that's right there. Yeah. Kind of close. Not right there, but it's only a few blocks away. We'll Mon- figure something out. But Mondros yeah, has had some really good beer late as of late too. So right on. You just go to the cigar bar at Seasons. Is that still open? Seasons. Yeah, know. Seasons is still open. I think. Probably. They're like, we're super rich. We're not closing. Well, and that's. I mean, that's the thing coming up is by tomorrow everything could change. Who knows what'll be open, what won't be. She put the new health order out yesterday, and it said the only thing that applied to us is had to close by ten. Mm-hmm. But that was before 577 cases today. So right, she might change it. I mean, Hopefully she can amend the health order anytime. So if yep. we could just stop being careless just and stubborn, right? We well, can maybe get through this. 
Speaking be nice of, if the uh, scientists could figure out a, a cure. Then everything would be like, oh, okay, it's not as I got my flu shot two days ago. I mean, did you? I don't mind vaccines or shots. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things. Some science. people like them, some people don't. Science is weird, right? Science. But um, science gets proven wrong every day. Yeah, you, like when technology advances and they are able to figure. Well, that's the thing about science is is, and I've heard this before <laughs> is we're watching science unfold live in front of yeah it it does it does go like that they're like we think this okay so let's do these actions and it goes in a different direction you're like ooh, well we were wrong let's call the theory things and this is more funny than but i saw a meme one time and it's like back in the 1700s we didn't have vaccines or or medicine or anything like that and we lived to the ripe old age of died in childbirth (laughs) exactly like Like, yeah yeah yeah, absolutely oh man if yeah. you think about the big picture, I mean, how the the industrial age is what two hundred fifty years ago or whatever, um, the industrial revolution is the way they say it. Um, how long have humans been on the earth? Tens of thousands of years, and we're just now getting to where we're at. You know, there's going to be bumps in the road. There already have been. Yeah, science is going to advance more than it has been, and it's going to continue continue doing that. So, you know, well, this is a beer and a comic book podcast yeah, yeah you want to talk a science about beer? Co- yeah let's talk e- either about more about the beer or 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 about comic books the beer the is store. delicious so we can this, talk more about the beer i i really like your beer man i, I, I don't know that i've ever had your beers before this oh thanks but I, well i didn't know <laughs> I'm, I'm like kidding. yeah i've i've seen your place a handful of times and every time it's like i'm leaving the other side and i'm like oh i just have to cross over C- candelaria and there it is. And I'm like, but I'm already going home. No, I feel yeah. And we um, we started off as a distillery, and the distillery was open for three years or so before the brewery got open. So we have more traction in the in the distillery part of it. Well, yeah. the good news oh, is you're already too? Like, in that you know the alcohol scene. I'm gonna call yeah. it. You know, so so going the beer seems like a no brainer to me for you guys for sure. Yeah, it's yeah. usually the other way around. Usually, places start as breweries and then start distilling, but. Um, Brian had already got the distillery up and running, and then I came on board. So, by the way, the whiskey that you were feeding me for the oh my god, that, man, that is challenge. the best the IPA challenge. Yeah, that was that red corn bourbon. Yeah, oh, that's that good. Oh, it's so delicious. I need more of that <coughs> somehow. <coughs> I think we're out, but I can't wait to get like off call and actually get down to your place because so far everything we've had, I'm just like, this is good stuff, man. Well, we appreciate it. We try hard. I mean, I like the environment too. That's the skateboard. Yeah, the skateboards and it's just it's it's interesting because you go in and it's super it's down to earth, you know what I mean? You know, and we talked about it, the skateboards are art. It's not like a skate bar. It's just this is what I used to do and there's awesome art on these things, but it's it's not pretentious in any way. It's just, hey man, do you want a beer? Yeah, yeah. it's it's nice and mellow. We I try I, to be a little laid back and we try, try to have a good time with it. I mean that's if you can't do that, why the hell are you doing it? Right. I miss yep. the old days of being able to have, like, the ramp out back, but, you know, with alcohol involved, it's pretty yeah, The liability is just huge, yeah. 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 And, I mean, I have houses for that, so. Like, yeah, we, no doubt. <laughs> you have a ramp at, at one of your houses? We just sold a, our house over on Hermosa, and we had a, a half pipe in the back there, and then I have another house on the west side that has a pool that we skate. Nice. That's the pool that was in uh, King of the Road, right? Yeah. Doing, doing board slide uh, beer beer tumblings over the over the step. Yeah, so I was fuck, I don't remember what it was. Years ago I was in Thrasher magazine doing and there was a sequence of me knocking doing a board slide knocking down all the beer cans and then when King of the Road was coming through that year, um 
Burnett calls me and he's like, yeah, we want to, you know, want you on it and we want to do a bunch of stuff and like get somebody to do a board slide around the stairs, knock down a bunch of cans. I was like, dude, I wasn't, I did that in Thrasher like 10 years ago. He's like, yeah, I know. That's why that's we want to do it. That's why he wants you. And I immediately felt like an ass. Wasn't, like, it, uh, wasn't it a challenge oh, in the book? Yeah. Yeah, that's sick, and dude. That's immediately so I felt like an ass. I'm like. Yeah, whatever. Burnett doesn't care. Sorry. No, he doesn't. Sure. He's a good dude. Yeah. <laughs> All those dudes are good dudes. They've been doing King of the Road shit at my house for since it started, so. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. I wish I was, I'm just old and broken now, you know? I love skateboarding. Oh, yeah. And I just got well, too busy right. and got too broken and just don't pay attention anymore. Like, that's the cool thing is, like, I totally go to a pool and watch <laughs> people skate as I'm drinking a beer. <laughs> I'm like, I remember when I was a kid, I couldn't do that, but I still I could never to. skate a pool, man. Pools no. were rough. Like, vert, vert is just beyond, my brain doesn't wrap around it, you know, like getting air. Yeah. I, don't, I don't like big vert, like big vert ramps. I just like backyard pools because they're tight and quick. And, yeah. Right. I always and, found uh, myself not being able to carve it right. Like, I always just slide on my ass down. I mean, I, I think I carved the pool successfully like three times. That's There's better, a, better than on your face. Right. <laughs> the old folks home that's right there on uh, Martin Luther King, it's... And like just one block past university, we used to climb that fence and try and skate it all the time. And nobody ever bothered us. So it was nice. We've skated most of the pools in Albuquerque, hotels. I can imagine. I've got a pool awesome. in my house, and it's there's no way to skate it. There's just no way because it's Cause there's, there's always water in it. Well, I mean, no, no. I mean, there is a little <laughs> bit of water, but I mean that would that we could get that out pretty quick. <laughs> the dead animals and stuff, and it might be the the hard part. You yeah, know. I've got a Six horsepower uh, trash pump that does eleven thousand gallons an hour, so we can okay. Pull I can make most quick. of them empty pretty quick. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know about bombers, like no, seriously, we're gonna skate. No, yeah. we're gonna skate your pool, dude. <laughs> Get over it. Address. <laughs> the, the worst part about it is the best part that you would be able to. Skate. It's got a step on both sides, so both. That's awesome. You'll see. <laughs> You'll see. <Yeah. laughs> You'll see. Uh, we. Uh, I think the best year we had in Albuquerque was years ago, but I think we got. 23 pools that year in Albuquerque. Oh, man. And mm -hmm. most of them were utter crap, but we right. still skated the shit out of them. Yeah, what are you going to do? new. It's a pool you haven't skated. You right. still got to I'm always a big tricks. fan of the ditches, even though I've broken myself. Every time I've really hurt myself has been in a ditch. Ditches are deadly. But, yeah, ditches are deadly, but it's God's land of ditches, and I'm going to skate them. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the old saying for a reason. They're going to find you dead in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. I mean, you might find me at the <laughs> mouth that opens into the <laughs> Gulf of Mexico after I... <laughs> You're like, it's very possible. Yeah, yeah the drainage from from the ditch down into the... We have the Grand. best ditches in the world. In oh, absolutely. And there's, last time I checked the Mafka map, there was like 174 ditches or something in Albuquerque. Dang. Most of them suck. There's some really freaking good ones. Four Hills is super fun. Kind of scary because of how fast it can get, you know? Um, Four Hills, Indian School, Three Mile. There's dude, I, mean, I don't I remember Indian, Indian School. School. Like... I just I can't we used to do there. a race there every year. Oh really? And um, it was an outlaw race because we tried to get the city to let us do it for years. They would never do it. We even said, "Hey, <laughs> sure. we're going to film a movie. Can we pull a movie permit for the ditch?" And they're like, "No, like <laughs> no, it's because dangerous. they don't want us influence other people to get in the ditch and then kids drown, yeah. get washed right. away, whatever." Yeah, no, I get it. Um, so we do an outlaw race every year, but we would get people. I mean, sponsors to throw in a bunch of money, a bunch of product. We'd have to limit it to. I think it was like 30 people. They come from all over the world to skate this thing. Really? This contest. First That's place cool. was like three or four grand. Sweet. Everybody got tons of product. I mean, it was it was awesome. Um, they cool, were blowing man. my mind in that uh, episode one of the second season of King of the Hill where they were <coughs> going, like hitting the, the ditch to the to the lip and over the lip into the um, the walkway or whatever. And yeah, I was yeah. just like, 
I never even thought of doing half those tricks on that. I was like, oh man, I never even thought of, never even thought of approaching it like that. The ditches are amazing in this town. Yeah. They're, uh, but they, we say you got to feed the feed the ditch because it's always hungry. <laughs> I have a friend who uh, still blames me to this day for his 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 memory loss because I convinced him to skate the ditch and the four hills. <laughs> I was like, dude. He didn't have to do it. I just said you could do it, and this is how you do it. <laughs> yeah. And he did it, and he fell and hit his head, and now Ouch. he's never been the same again. Well, there you go. And I get blamed for it every time. I finally just told him to shut up. Yeah. I was like, dude, <laughs> don't blame me for this, okay? I'm done with it. It's been he, a decade. He doesn't remember you were being mean. Don't worry. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> yeah, ditches, they, they can uh, they could be dangerous. Yeah, for sure. But that's skate them, though. Indian school, we... We had timers set up at the top and at the bottom. I think it was about 1.3 miles or a mile and a half or something. Uh, and you would start at the top, trip the, the laser timer at the top, and I think the runs for a mile and a half were about, I think, 3 minutes, 20 seconds or something like that. So you're doing... Flying, like doing... Like, 35, yeah. 40 miles an hour oh, down okay. that thing. Still. That's fast. On yeah, yeah. skateboard. That's and cute. you're not doing a straight line. We would put cones up on the walls, so oh, you'd have to turn. Oh, really? Because the fastest, fastest way down the ditch is straight down the middle tucked. Right. But, and then you're not skating. You're but just. But that's not why. Why do illusion. it in a ditch? Do it in a hill. Just a downhill. It's loser, right? But we would put cones, and we'd put some hard cones to make. <laughs> wow. So you would uh, eat it. Yes, I mean, get we, some air in somebody's backyard. We got kicked out of. We were doing an event there. We got kicked out of there and had to move to another ditch. I think we went to FFA, FAA ditch. The guy that won um, slid across the finish line on his back with no shirt on. He was from Canada. He had to get on a plane the next day and fly home with no oh. skin on his back. Oh, but man. he won. But he yeah. won. But he won. Hey. I mean, it's so going to cover be. most of the hospital bills. You don't yeah. have to be on your board to. It's just just got to break that timer. go through. Okay, break that beam at the end. So did it start at Fair. at the at the big part with the, the where the playground is and everything? Or at Indian school, we'd start up above uh, tramway up at the very top. And with then that we big. Would, yeah, and we go from the very top all the way to Wantabo. Sick. Crazy. So, and I can dip in the ditch at the top, and you can try to pick. Somebody drives down to the bottom and pick you up, and we'll beat them to the bottom. Oh, jeez. So <laughs> gnarly. <laughs> but it's so much fun. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. Many people have got broken off in that thing. People come from out of town. They're like, oh, Not the bad. ditch, and you're like, dude, just, yeah, chill out. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> take, you take, take a few warm up runs. Yeah, just try it first. Um, I hurt myself at Black Bear Arroyo. It was something that I was afraid of in high school. And then when I started getting to skate a lot more and being more comfortable, I was like, okay, I'm just going to skate this ditch. And it's a bigger ditch. And, uh, Bear's I didn't, huge. I didn't want to suck myself out, so I just dropped in immediately. And I didn't clean out the bottom, and that was my big mistake. And, of course, I hit a rock, caught myself on the other side with my left foot, and it just shattered my ankle and everything. There's 45-foot walls at the Bear, I think. Um, we used to do a contest there every year, too. We built a six-foot roll-in at the top. Oh, sick! Because we built, we put a concrete pad so you could run and jump on your board and and dip in. Yeah. And then I won it like two or three years in a row, and everybody was talking shit about, well, that's not skateboarding. You're running and jumping on your board. That's yeah, yeah. So that, that the is. next year we built a six-foot roll-in with handles on the top, so you could pull in. <laughs> like a I, ski. And then yeah. I won that year. <laughs> you're like, what other and challenge like, do you want me to? But we've had some. That was an outlaw race, too. We weren't allowed to be there. One year in practice, uh, this guy came out from Phoenix, and he's just like, 
I skate ditches all the time, you know. And then he got and saw that one. And he was like, "Oh shit, it's <laughs> a big ditch." He's so like, he, "Uh, that's not a ditch. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a nightmare." He started a couple times from halfway up, and then he gets to the top, and he asks uh, my buddy Mike Lowry's like, "Any any recommendations?" He's like, "Don't fall." <laughs> Dude came down the <laughs> first you. wall, squirreled, and hit head first in the second wall. Uh, ah. Broke his helmet, um, bleeding on the brain, all that stuff. And oh it, no! This oh, wow. is before the contest. And we're not supposed to be there. We had right. pop-ups down there and all this shit, so we had to pack everything out before the cops got there. Yeah, of course. Um, I was the first one down to him, and it was, I think it was in May or something. It was already pretty hot. And he's laying there fishing, you know, and there's Bolson. blood coming out of his nose and shit. And it was, the concrete was hot enough, it was coagulating as it would hit the concrete, and it was like Holy building crap. up. Oh, wow. And I'm like, dude, you got to wake up, bro. Come on, you got to wake up. <laughs> you got to wake up. He's like, no, yeah. that's not going to happen. Uh, turns Paramedics out came. We, we cleared everything out before they got there, and then they took him away, and we set everything back up and still had the race. But that was uh, oof. everybody just, when you're sitting at the top of the, the barrier, thinking about what just happened. And, right. Like, it's it's a dangerous yeah, sport. It yeah, is. For sure. I mean, with a helmet on, broke a helmet in half. and Right. I mean, without that helmet, I mean. He'd have been dead for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeesh. They, uh, <laughs> they. Wow. The guy that was holding the bear races, uh, my friend Joe from Santa Fe, he made us all wear full face helmets. Okay. I didn't have one, so I saw it at a yard sale like a football helmet. And it was like a high school football <laughs> helmet or something. So I'm like, that's full face. And he was mad at me when I got there. He's like He's like you punk. But I I won that year with a I had a beer in my hand. <laughs> Stop winning. And there, yeah. It was fun. Go go really fast and turn. But they got pictures of me coming around a cone at the top with a beer in my hand and a football helmet on. It was freaking awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. I want to see that picture, man. No doubt. No uh, no shirt, just freaking cut off dickies and a football helmet. That's awesome. That, that, that picture is just like, I can see that like framed up in your place. You know what I mean? It was hilarious. <laughs> it was probably, now that I look back, it was probably pretty stupid. But. Oh, 100%. I'm not. I'm not trying to take away from the <clears throat> stupidity of a lot of skateboarding. skateboarding can be. Yeah. Um, it's it's dangerous, obviously. Right. And and there's a fine line between, like, just you know, like your your sense of safe, the fight or flight, where you're like, okay, I'm just doing this. Right. And you have to you have to push that shit down, and just go for it sometimes. And I always struggle with that. That was not why. That's why I never was good. You know, like. I just couldn't huck myself off an eight stair and think it's okay. You know, you had a smile on your face though, right? All the time, so dude. Even were, thinking so then about you it, were great. That's I'm, all it's about is having a good time, smiling. You know, fun with your friends. It's uh, oh, for sure. I miss the days of just sitting at UNM, hitting the spot for hours, watching the girls go by, eating shit. You know, and then going and eating and then drinking and then going back and trying it again with a little more courage. <laughs> <laughs> right the beer definitely helps right? uh, to a certain courage. point and right. then all of a sudden then you're like you're, i can't even you wake up with your point. hand uh attached to your sheet because you fell asleep and your palms missing and when it started to coagulate through the sheet and so then you have to rip it off again Eesh. oh yeah that's never fun anyway so <laughs> so tell me so. tell me about the shop <laughs> anything fun going on or happening or you know what? Really, no. It's It's been nice and busy. The free comic stuff is over. We're doing Halloween Comic Fest on October 31st. So that's coming up. Uh, and it's just there's a few Halloween-specific comic books that we give out, and then there's a few Halloween-specific action figures and things that you can buy. And we'll have some sales. It's gonna, Halloween's on a Saturday this year, so. Cool. And it's 
it's fun. Cosplay is encouraged. I believe we talked about this last week or the week before. But yeah. Um, besides like, that, nobody's really <coughs> brought in good stuff. I did have a guy bring in a collection. Actually, on Saturday, somebody brought in a, an Incredible Hulk 181. And it was in okay condition, a little better than that Galactus we saw. But Okay. Um, it's hard when you bring a comic book into a comic book shop. People have this, this idea that what you're bringing in, you're going to get however much you saw it for on eBay. Right. There's a few reasons that's not the case. One, you saw it on eBay. You didn't see it sell on eBay. That's a big deal. I can. I remember when eBay first started, somebody sold an Air Guitar Sans case for $500, which means they bought nothing. Right. Yeah. And you're like, um, uh, you bought an Air Guitar? <laughs> like, <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Um, but it really happens. Remember that big snow that happened about a decade ago in Colorado, and it was the only place that had any moisture, and so they were sending jars of snow to the East Coast, like you could buy them. Of course, when you get there, it's just oh, a jar, jar of water. Yeah. You're like, People. What were you thinking? <laughs> but so there's a misconception that, oh, okay, uh, I saw this comic book for $500 online, so that's how much I'm going to get when I take it to Astro Zombies. And unfortunately, even right. if it was worth $500, that's not how much I can give you because I'm not collecting that book. You're, you're I'm reselling that right, book. Right. So. I have to make yeah. money on it. So there's a big misconception with that. When when I'm buying stuff, if, and a lot of people bring in garbage, just drunk, they're like, hey, I found this in the trash, literally, and is it, would you like to buy it? And, you know, then they get upset if you don't. Like, well, I mean, it was in the trash, so obviously the somebody- JC JCPenney catalog, it's not your thing, dude. Right, <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Is JCPenney uh, around anymore? Nope. That made me old right there. Yeah, I think it? they're closed, yeah. Yeah, it made me old, sorry. There was a, I remember there was a- made me old because I was like, I don't know, are they closed? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what about Woolworths? Is Woolworths still around? Woolworths. <laughs> they gotta be around. We used to go to the Woolworths in Santa Fe all the time because it was like the only place in the plaza that wasn't overpriced. Yeah. But anyway, so it's always a struggle to buy things from people. Um, it's just, and it's it's from people that that they don't understand. They it's It's, I don't think- I don't think people come in meaning anything by it. Like, well, you're trying to rip me off because I know it's worth 500 bucks. They just, they don't comprehend that, that, that difference, right? Like some, some dude on eBay is selling it. That's why he's selling it for so much. Mm -hmm. When you bring it in and I'm buying it from you, this is a a brick and mortar shop. You got to pay the lights. You got to pay the rent. You got to pay your employees, all that stuff. And that's why you have to make money off of it and pay less for things right right exactly and i'm willing to pay more for something if it's something that i really want like a and hulk I, 181 right exactly and I, I still wasn't able to get to where he wanted to and <sighs> and i'll be quite honest um what he said he had in it is a little bit more than what it was really worth okay. so there was no way i was gonna even close i i went 50 yeah. percent of what i thought i could sell it for and um that's that's a little bit higher than i normally will do right and uh, he, we still weren't in the same world, and and I mean that happens. I had a I had another woman who brought in a box of comics, and it was mostly junk. I mean, like ninety eight percent it was junk stuff that I couldn't even sell at all. It will never sell. And then there was a handful of there was four decent books in there, so I gave her a few few dollars. And then about a half hour later, we get a phone call from her aunt saying that we ripped her off and they want their money back or oh, they want to no. come back and get the comic books. And I was like. Normally, I would say no, so sorry, get lost. Right. I but mean, I, told, I told her, I was like, okay, you know, if you don't think, because honestly, I might have even overpaid for it. Oh, really? Based on how much money I can make on it. Yeah. And yeah. with all the stuff you had to take. 
as well. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's just space taker upper, you know. There's yeah. no. So needless to say, I was, and I'll never do this. Almost never do this. But I was like, come and get it, you know, just come and get it. I don't want to deal with the drama. Yeah. You know, and then they never did. Oh no, <laughs> no, they never did. And so I waited a week, and all that stuff is uh, in the back or sold. Interesting. Yeah, it's it's weird. People they'll they'll do that. They'll make a stink for, and then not follow through with what they want. Garbage. It's really weird, but yeah, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So that's about all that's going on here. All right. Well, what do you say we get into into some new releases then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this might be a shorter episode, but that's okay. We spent a little extra time on on the skateboarding thing. I so. think we did. That was fun. That's okay, though. though. Like, I want to see that picture so bad. No, that's good. I think I know I got it somewhere. It's uh, I, I could talk about skateboarding for the rest of my life, honestly. I'd be okay with it. It's, I could only go so far. I get that. Yeah. I still, when I look, when I drive around, even though I don't keep my board in my truck like I used to, I still see spots and go, ooh, I want to skate that. You yeah. Know? I, I don't typically. I mean, the best thing that I could ever do was maybe a half an inch ollie. Hey, so you know what an you know what is. I mean? that, dude, as long as you're smiling. That's right. That is the only thing that matters. I uh, skated yesterday, actually, for oh, cool. nice. five minutes. Like, yeah, but I just uh, you know went off the step on my front porch, and then this next step, and the next step, and I did a little manual across my driveway, and then you're that, like, was, that was fun. I don't want to hurt myself. <laughs> I'm going to put the this away. The problem is my, my driveway is asphalt, not concrete. And oh, it's, right. And it's, you can't ride It's getting old, that, yeah. so it's a little trepidatious as far as you know there's rocks and you know it used to be nice and i'd have to actually sweep it but now when you're old you're like i don't want to hit a pebble and eat shit and (laughs) right you know i have to deal with scrapes and scars (laughs) and pick myself up off the ground but i still try it because you know i really i find myself just practicing flip tricks in the grass more than anything because you're like okay cool yeah fall in the grass well you're nice and soft and you're not rolling you know and that's one of those things like uh, we used to call it Nelsoning, where like you land on your board, and as as you land, your your balance isn't right, and it just the board slips out from underneath you, and you just eat shit like a plank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've done that a handful that of times. Yeah, yeah, and and when you're rolling around, that's much easier for it to happen. Yep. Yeah. But then when you talk to other people, they're like, well, yeah, but when you're rolling, it makes it easier to do the trick, and that's absolutely right. So <laughs> you're like, you know, oh. there's. <laughs> There's good and bad to the rolling. Right. What are you going right. to do? The speed and of doing things helps helps make it easier sometimes. Yeah. So yeah. Cool. Um, well, yeah. I, I wanted to. I want to. I'm going to go ahead and talk about my my book it. first. Do it up, man. Um, so this is a number one. This is Warhammer Forty Thousand, Marnius Calgar. I believe that's okay. as close as you're going to get. This is uh, by Marvel Comics. Writer is Karen Gillen. Uh, artist is Jason Burroughs. Uh, colorist is Java. Tartagilla? What is it? I'm not... I'm so bad at names. The colorist? Uh, Java. Tartag- Tartaglia? Tartaglia? Tartaglia. I'm, I, I, I believe. I apologize, everyone. Um, yeah, so, so this is cool because... Um, you know, if you're if you're not familiar with it, this is it says Warhammer forty thousand is the number on it, uh, but it's a, this is an old uh, little miniature game, tabletop game, and it's it's referred to as Warhammer forty k. We actually just got a box set of of Warhammer forty thousand. Do you? used that came in today? Yeah, and we got a few version four D and D books because everybody loves version four. Yeah, 
Um, so I never, I never actually played Warhammer 40k, um, but I, I grew up in a comic book shop. And so everybody was playing it. I knew what it was. I knew what the little, the different factions were that were warring against one another. Okay. And so that's why I was interested in the book. Um, That and Karen Gillan. He's he's a very good writer. Gillan's killing it, man. He's taking no names. And so... Uh, so the, the story kind of starts off a little, a little weird. I, I wanted to say slow, but then I, it's, <laughs> it's like a start bullet, off slow. Yeah. explosion on the third the, panel. This is, it's the <laughs> third panel on the first page. There's something <laughs> getting blown up and it's just like, okay, so this is a war book, which, which it is Warhammer. Warhammer. Um, and it's set in space and it's all these different, uh, different worlds fighting one another. Um, but we're following this guy, Marnius Calgar. Real quick, I'm sorry to interrupt. Have you read any Warhammer comics before? Oh, no. I thought this was like the first. This is the first Marvel. Okay. But there have been several other runs of Warhammer. I did not know that. Yeah, and, and everybody's kind of freaked out is, is the way I'm going to say it, that it's on Marvel. Okay. But I'm kind of excited that it's on Marvel. Yeah, I think I think Marvel's, they're moving past the they'll do more than just the superhero stuff now. And they'll do more than just like, Oh, we need to aim at young readers now. You know what I mean? They don't have like the DC black label yet, but pretty soon. Neither will DC. Are they stopping that? Yeah. They cut it out. Uh, It's just a matter of time. Just like DC universe. DC black was good. Anyway. So uh, it's disappointing what's going on over at DC and we can get into that some other day. Yeah. Uh, So, so this follows Marnus Calgar Essentially, he's leading a, an army to to fight the adepts. Oh. What are they? I forget their name. Um, but it, it it eventually goes to this this flashback, and I'm okay with flashbacks. Just so everybody knows, <laughs> we're all smiling because he's not okay with flashbacks. I'm okay with flashbacks. He's not okay with the time jumping. I'm okay. Flashbacks make sense. F- flashbacks make sense. It's when you start a comic book where you say 10 minutes ago mm-hmm. and then a couple pages now. You're like, well, then just start the comic 10 minutes ago. Yeah, that's not... <laughs> <laughs> Only <laughs> once have I found that I was like, oh, that's okay. Oh, it fills it fills that time gap so you know that, okay, yeah. things happen in between all this, but whatever. But whatever. So he's, you know, he's he's fighting all the things. Uh, we, we have this flashback. And he's apparently a kind of like a rich kid. And so he's got these other kids that they're, they're fighting essentially. They're a warrior class and, uh, he draws first blood on the other kids. So he talks about winning and the kid is like, no, you backed off a lot and you didn't fight a whole lot. And he said, yeah, but I drew first blood and that's what we were doing. So I win. Um, and the other kids, they kind of, they're pretty upset with it. But he's got, and he's got this like, uh, for lack of a better term, he's got like a, like a page that kind of follows him around. Um, like a bow or? Almost like a, like, you know how a knight has a page? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like that. Okay. And he, so he eventually, the kids start talking to him about like, well, yeah, you're going to go and you're going to get trained by these amazing people because you're, you're, you've got all the money, you're your parents are going to pay for it. And so you're going to go into the, essentially the Marines or whatever. And, uh, he's like, yeah, well, if you think it's just because it's all about money, you guys are going with me too. And we'll see if it's money or if it's 
actual strength and resolve and all that stuff. And they're like, oh, cool. He's like, yeah, so is this kid. And they're like, what? He's like the poor whatever. He's like, you guys are talking about it's about money, right? Let's figure out what it is about. Um, so I'm interested to see where it goes. This this old grizzled guy is the one that's that's teaching him. And uh, like half of his face is a robot. <laughs> oh, yeah. So he's he's seen some stuff. Um, Did that give you that Avatar field? Not Avatar the Airbender, but uh, the James Cameron Avatar guy, you know, like the main? No, not really. Okay, cool. Um, I looked at him. I didn't read the book, but when I looked at it, I was like, oh, is that what they're going for here? Yeah, Yeah, I didn't get that, no. Um, But they, so so he takes them as kids, and they're all maybe teenagers, right? 12-ish? 10 to 12, yeah. Uh, 10 to 12, you're aspirants, and then you, you know, you go through it says uh tested for physical emotional and spiritual suitability failure rate is close to 100 percent. that's 10 to 12 years old and then you you move up into neophytes and then you move up to a marine which is about 16 to 18 year old um and those are the the hard hardcore stuff the ba yeah and so so he takes all these kids to train them and he's like so you see the moon up there so that's where we're gonna go train uh, hop on the ship. They're like, well, don't we have to get our stuff? No, last night was the last night that you slept in your bed. We're going now. And so he takes them all up to the moon, drops them off. And he's like, you're going to go over there and meet me. And he hops back in the ship and like takes off. And he's just like, good luck. Um, and he, he says something about like, watch out for the, he names some sort of a monster. Cookie monster. Amble, I think. They couldn't outrun the amble. And he's like, he's just kidding. <laughs> he's kidding. And he leaves and they turn around and this big, huge thing is like, Bwah. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, and then it goes back to now where he's an old man and he's just like eviscerated all these, um, all of his enemies to kind of start this war. Um, I hope that was... I hope that was succinct. I'm not super great at describing stuff, but um, <laughs> it turns out what we—that's what we do here. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm just a consumer. That's, that's I, what you guys do. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, like, basically, so the basic things I want to—I want to talk about it. Um, I really like the art and the colorist. Um, Karen Gillan's one of my favorite writers. Maybe he's—he's he's probably in top three. Wow. Um, but the the art and the coloring in this really makes it sing because these harken back to like that blue harkens back to the Warhammer 40k like characters and stuff like that. Okay. And without I feel like without the colorist doing his job really well, this armor doesn't come across right. And having all this it seems big and cumbersome. Well, it's the with the colorist, you know, it's he's giving these little details to it where it's a little more dirty here, but it's, it, it seems placed appropriately for lack of a better term. It just, the world feels lived in, you know what I mean? Like this guy here, all of his bulging veins and stuff like that. If you don't get the coloring right, you miss some stuff and you can, you can get some of the detail out when you color it wrong. I just, I, I think that the, the artist and the colorist worked perfectly together in this book. And so I'm, I'm definitely on for, for number two. Um, cool. and I, I, again, like I, I was, I was saying, I, I grew up in a comic book shop and so I, 
it reminds me of a a time gone by. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harkens back to those days of just... Nostalgia. Yeah, of just playing magic while these other guys are playing Warhammer and dreadnoughts are flying across the battlefield and getting into fights because you can't do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the rule fights. <laughs> right. People are like, oh, I know how to get around this. And they're like, oh, yeah, you can't do you that. You can't do that. It's not in the rules. Oh, yeah, prove it. Yeah. And, like you sit there for an hour trying to find a rule book. and <laughs> Right. <laughs> that's how yeah it takes an hour and yep. then it's like i gotta go home man and i'm like i fuck, i live here so see ya <laughs> <laughs> totally <laughs> that's funny but yeah i'm definitely on for number two awesome i did not read the book um i spent some time around basically the same way where we were playing other games and people would be playing warhammer and uh it always looked interesting but it's just something i never got into for whatever reason you know yeah usually it was a time issue yeah, these the tabletop games usually take a while. You have to set them up, and you know as as armies advance towards each other, they you know they have to roll the dice and see how far you actually get to move. And Did you ever play Risk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Risk I was like a, Risk. Yeah, that's a that's a friend ender. That game. It's a friend oh. ender. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen houses implode. I've seen people go to the hospital because like of because a fight. of risk. Yeah, because of risk. Well, I mean, if you play the game, you play the risk. That's right. Oh, so clever. <laughs> I'm not allowed to play Monopoly. Do you I, play it wrong? I play it. No, I play it perfect. Okay. Everybody else plays it wrong. <laughs> That's the what, problem. What I mean is, like, do you play by the, does Does everybody play by the actual rules or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah, actual yeah. rules? Yeah, so <laughs> the thing about Monopoly is everybody's like, I don't want to play Monopoly. It takes years yeah, to complete Yeah, it takes a really game, long time, yeah. But it doesn't. Anytime somebody lands on a space, if they don't buy it, that automatically goes up for auction. So everybody gets to bid on that property. Oh, you're not playing, I'm not it, playing right. it right. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, so it, it goes up for bid every single time so if you land on um let's say you land on one of the railroads right and i let's say i land on the railroad i only have 50 bucks left because i'm terrible at monopoly and everybody knows railroads are 200 bucks and everybody knows they're 200 bucks that's right <laughs> um i didn't you you know <laughs> i can't buy it so immediately it goes up to auction so you could end up with it for 100 175 yeah. I, or something i think like i've that. played like that but i don't don't recall, so yeah. I don't do it myself. That's why Monopoly goes pretty quick if you play it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does sound like it would, man. Because it can take forever. Do you play yeah. where if you play land in free parking, you get all of the money? I have played that way, but that is also not in the rules. Brutal. Yeah. That way is brutal because all of a sudden somebody's just king of the castle. That's right. And you're like, what the heck? Especially if nobody landed on it for a while, you know? Right. It just builds up. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I, it was always just, I've always, I'm just super competitive about it, you know? I'm competitive about nothing. Like, it's <laughs> terrible. I'm always like, cool, man, you can win. I like, do get I to care. that way where I, I'm not, it's not worth the fight. Right. You know, if you're going to be an asshole, if you're going to, like, break the rules or cheat or whatever, I mean, maybe maybe you sh I should just let you win. Then well, you can have that win, and I know yeah. you didn't. And I play, there's right a game that. called Magic the Gathering. I've heard of it. I've never played it, but yeah. yeah and I play that. Popular. And I get, I get frustrated with that sometimes when I'm losing. But I recognize the frustration is because I don't know what the fuck is going on sometimes. I'm like, how are you doing what you're doing right now? Because I can't <laughs> They're comprehend. They're counting cards, bro. I'm like, oh, man. We just got some magic uh, minifigs in. Two, oh, different, cool. two different boxes of sets. And they're pretty inexpensive. I thought they were going to be worth a little more money. Yeah. But I got them for 
decent price and it's all about the cards man i know and that's that's the funny thing when the person brought them in they were like hey i got these and i was like nobody really cares about you know if these were minifigs were for D D, it'd be a different story or right. warhammer yeah but for magic everybody just uses the cards and the cards are king and but they're there and in my opinion they're pretty cool looking figures Right, I would for use sure. them for my D and D campaign. Right, exactly. Yeah, I would be like, oh, well, they they're owned by the same company now. So D and D and Magic Wizards have, of the Coast. Uh, yes, Wizards of the Coast owns. Yeah, they bought TSR a, a while back. It's cool. That's awesome. So I read a book called The Vein, spelled V A I N. Now I will let you know that this is a double entendre, and you will understand that as we get through the book. Oh, so your explanation won't be. In vain. Thank you. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I love it. I love the puns. I love that garbage. So it's do I. Awesome. So, um, Elliot Rahal, who is a friend of the shop, he's done a signing here. He signed the ceiling. He does. He's done a few. Uh, he's mostly an indie guy. Um, he did a book called Hot Bucks Lunch, and I really liked that book. It was kind of a modern noir um, story about two families who depended on each other to make money, and one of them decides that they're not going to use that guy anymore and the other guy's like yeah you are dude and i'm going to make sure by either you know like you're either going to stay or i'm going to run you into the ground by killing your business um it was a really good book uh he did this one called midnight vista which is about alien abduction and that was the one he came to do the signing for and it actually takes place in albuquerque it's alien abduction and he gets abducted the kid does were we talking about that not last week. It was when I was in the shop yesterday. Uh, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably because right. I was, I was talking familiar. about this book. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Perfect. And uh, and then he shows up. I, I believe it's like 15 years later or whatever, naked in the street. Like, hey, what's going on? And everybody's like, oh, how was your anal probing? And he's like, actually, <laughs> actually, it was, it was pretty, actually, wild, it was pretty man. awesome. <laughs> but anyways, um, so the re- I I decided to do this book just because uh, I've met Elliot a few times. His family, I believe his parents live out here. Um. So that would explain the the reason that he wrote a book about Albuquerque. And there's several books that take place in this town, which is always interesting to me. You know, you don't see a whole lot of books taking place in Spokane, Washington, but uh, I'm sure they do. It's just Albuquerque's... It's the Wild West. Yeah, it's polarizing in a way. I mean, even uh, we were reading that Spy Island, and she had a list of places she hated, and right. the third one was Albuquerque. I was she, like, she doesn't like places where yeah. she can't spell. <laughs> right. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. This is a good. Only people from Albuquerque can spell Albuquerque. And, and That's right. She like she's just sitting there bored out of her mind with balloons popping up behind her, and you know, obviously the person who wrote the book has been to Albuquerque and been like, balloons, balloons, okay. <laughs> Um, the balloons are spectacular. I've lived here my, most of my life, so I'm I'm kind of over it, but I'm not. Every time they land in my yard, which is yearly, basically, I'm super enamored with. I, I love the balloons. I'm over the fiesta. Like I'm over not being able to do what you can normally do in town for that week okay. or whatever. Well, yeah, it is. no, that's definitely a problem. But we at the usually, same time, think about all no, the money great. that's no, coming great. into the yard. I'm yeah. just over being here during it. So we usually do the Oktoberfest <laughs> in Red River during that time. And oh, cool. sick! That's awesome. So we go up there and sell a bunch of beer and booze and. Yeah, yeah, and that way you're out of Stay it. In Red the River. place yeah, is open. Exactly. Somebody else is dealing with the crowds. That's how I like it. Nice. It's understandable. I, I haven't I haven't been to a mass ascension in probably since I was pre-teen. Yeah, you've seen it. You don't need to go there. Waking up at four in the morning <clears throat> is not my thing. I used to do it just so that I would be up all nights. But 
I do Mass Ascension every year. This is the first year. Oh, yeah, you're a, you're a, you're a, she's a pin collector and no, (laughs) I'm not from Denver. I only spent a few years there, but yeah, I, I, how long, like in total, have you lived in Albuquerque? In total, I'd say close to 10 years, like broken up between four years here. This is your third year. This is my third, third stint. Yeah. And should be forever. Well, yeah, so you you don't leave for long. Nobody yeah. does. Here's the, here's what's what, freaking amazing out here. Like there's a reason they call it the land of entrapment because the, 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 the motto is the land of enchantment. Right. And we just call it the land of entrapment. And it's, it's nobody's sad to be stuck here. It's freaking it's, amazing. It's, we've got there the mountains will be people right there. We've got the river. Got, and you're like, well, I mean, but, but they don't leave, do they move? Right. Yeah, exactly. But they don't leave. I've had plenty of friends who have moved from other places and they get here and they stay for a few years or whatever, and then they go somewhere else. And then next thing you know, here they are back in Albuquerque, it's, back to the Burke. Um, and you're absolutely right. You got the mountains right there. Even even when it's not the best skiing or snowboarding, it's still yeah. there. Wolf Creek's right? three hours away. Uh, Taos is two hours away. Right, I mean, absolutely. there's so much around us that's The amazing. Butte's about two and a half hours south, you know? I mean, so you've got a decent body of water. Decent. Um, I prefer Navajo, but that's like a six-hour drive. Well, four and a half. Depends with your boat. If... I, I prefer Caballo, but I don't tell anybody. Oh, yeah. What's Caballo? Don't go there. It's terrible. We wake surf down there for 15 years. Oh, nice. Because there's nobody there. Yeah, I oh. bet. And they're like, oh, the water's brown. I'm like, it's a river. <laughs> but yeah, it's also what happens. Expect. It's silt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just dirt in people, the water. People here don't go in the Rio Grande. That's gross. I'm like, why is it gross? I'll sit, me and my wife would go and sit under the bridge in Montagna with lawn chairs and the water's only two feet deep. Right. We'd get sushi from Sushi King. Nice. Get some good beers and sit under the bridge and drink beer and eat sushi. It's, Albuquerque's amazing. I agree. I agree. And I I love it out here. And me too. I tried to, move, to go to El Paso for a little bit. Oh. That was a bad idea. Well, I just said, <laughs> my grandma lived out there and my parents were from there. My mom's from there. My but we love you listeners in El Paso. Yeah. I, I still love El Paso. I will always... Uh, defend El Paso but it was it wasn't conducive to my living situation I just was like this is not where I want to be I yeah it's not the same it, it's nothing there's, the same. there's nowhere there's nowhere on, on earth like Albuquerque a lot of a lot of friends will talk about friendship in Albuquerque versus friendship in other places and it's just there's just something about the easygoing you know they call it the land of manana which means the land of tomorrow and and it's just because we're so easygoing often <coughs> um it's a big little city. I mean, right. we're, we're surrounded by desert. I grew up in Southern California. You didn't know what town you were in at right. any given point because right, right. they go, they sprawl for hundreds and hundreds of miles. Like out here, it's it's good community. Everybody knows everybody, um, but it's still seven hundred fifty thousand people. I mean, it's I think it's more than that now, isn't it? Probably now, like, yeah. I think we're about eight fifty. We're right. getting close, man. Once we hit the million mark, big city officially. There officially. you go. Yeah, which you know, I mean. Part of the problem with Albuquerque as far as um, the way that the reason that the population hasn't gotten bigger at faster is uh, we don't build up, we build out. And it has something to do with the soil and its ability to sustain skyscrapers just doesn't happen. And then with the wind that comes off the mesa, we, <laughs> being a skyscraper well, is crazy. We can't build out anymore. It's true, but we can't build out. Right, locked, go ahead. Yeah, locked in by reservations, which is awesome. Right. I mean, yeah, I don't necessarily want to see a bunch of no, high-rise no. buildings you no, know it's no. kind of nice the way it is i like it's just right like where i work I, I work up towards the mountain so i'm up on the elevation and when i look down to the city where our 
quote unquote skyscrapers are. I love it. It's just, it's quaint. It's little, it's nice. I, I just, I think it's, I mean, it's not nice in the sense of like, oh, I'd like to just hang out down there, but you know yeah. what I mean. It's a little big town, you know, yeah. and, and everybody's pretty content out here. Um, <laughs> so tell me about Vane. Yeah, the Vane. So Sorry, the Vane, like I said, it's uh, Elliot Rahal. He's done, uh, like I said, a lot of indie stuff. He actually was a stand-up comedian for a while, something I didn't know about him. But talking to him, I can see it. He's he's a very funny person. He's super sharp, super witty, um, and a great writer, thusly. Uh, so so I was excited to read this book, and and I wasn't sure if I was going to review this book because it's weird to review something and a person that you know in the right. industry. Um and then when I started to read it, I I was like, yeah, actually, I'm not going to review this book. But then by the time I got to the end, I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely going to review this book. Um, then there's a, he's doing a, a book called Quantum Woody, which I just saw ads for in the back of a comic I was bagging and boarding yesterday for a new comic book day. So he's getting it done. He's doing some Valiant stuff. He's doing Vault stuff. He did a, a horror book on Vault that was really fun. Um, anyways, then uh, Emily Pearson, I believe is her name. Um She's done. She's worked on Black Mass, but she's mostly a cover artist, and I couldn't find a lot of information about her. So, forgive me, Emily, for this. Um, I love your front cover. I think it's fantastic. I'm a big fan of your front cover. Um, needless to say, this this book they don't exactly tell you what it's about initially. You just kind of have to go along with it. Chicago, Illinois, 1941. <coughs> it's kind of a uh, noir feeling thing, and it turns out it's about a group of four people who rob. A bank, or at least, at least it appears to be a bank, and that's what the what you're kind of led to believe. Turns out it is a bank, but it's it's a blood bank. Okay. Yeah, it's not a real bank, and they don't take any money, and they don't do anything except for steal the blood. Steal the blood. Okay. And I mean, you should be getting an idea of based on the vein, you know, Some the double entendre that is stuff. right. It's a vampire story, and you don't know for certain initially. Actually, okay. it's a so bit of a spoiler. It's a slow slow build. Right, right, exactly. Cool. This is a review show. We're, we spoil yeah, things. we're going to spoil things, and I, I'm I sorry. need to start just putting that at the beginning. It's just like, this is a review spoil a review show. There's going to be spoilers. And then we right, right, on. exactly. And we don't want to spoil everything, but I mean, there's no way for me to talk about this book without kind of giving away what, right. what's going on. So needless to say, uh, it starts with them doing that, and then it goes to an FBI agent. He runs into a woman on accident. He loses all his papers. It turns out he's a new... New agent trying to like put it, get his foot in the door and kind of prove his metal, his worth. Um, and I assume that this this whole interaction with this woman that happens on the fourth page, it's gonna come into play later. Okay. Then it goes back to the people, <coughs> the the four people who are stealing the blood. And there's, I believe, it's two women and two men, or three women and one man. Turns out that two of the women have a bit of a relationship. This is 1941. So, um, being gay in general is kind of, you know, it's not kind of frowned upon, it's, it's frowned upon and it was not socially acceptable. So they're hitting on that kind of issue in this book, which I appreciate. And, and it's subtle. It's not an in your face kind of, oh, they're lovers and here's this. There's a panel where they're dancing, um, in a, in a ballroom and, and the two women are. And at first everybody kind of thinks, oh, they're just having fun. But then as they start to get a little more emotional and intense, the the people at the place where they're dancing also notice that. And they kind of mention it, so they have to stop. They're like, wait a minute. Hey, two girls dancing together? 
What's going on? It sounds Their horrible. boyfriends must have gone to the bar to get drinks. <laughs> right. <laughs> so they've been so gone I, I quite admit, a while. I will admit, um, uh, the the art initially, um, I wasn't hugely into it. I liked the heavy line work. I felt that there was some opportunity for some details. Um, the first page is pretty good. Then the third page is where I had a few problems, and, and it's a little static. It's a little okay. It's a little flat. Um, but it does get better throughout the book, and it wasn't enough to make me go, "Yeah, I don't, I don't want to read this book anymore." At first, I was worried that if the book, if it didn't get better, or if I continue to feel that way, that I may not review this book. Okay. You know, I was going to be like, "Yeah, well, you know what? Maybe I won't, you know, put anybody." under the bus on this one, especially when I know that Elliot may be paying attention because I'm going to let him know I did the review. But it's not egregious to the point where you don't want to read it anymore. Okay. And I really, I'm a fan of her face work. Um, a lot of times you get the same face and the same emotion even when they're trying to do something else. Yeah. I'm I, I surprised. That, oh, yeah, I'm surprised. That's, I'm hungry. Hmm. <laughs> very stoic. You're a very stoic, hungry person. Yeah. You're it's a very stoic surprise It's person. a podcast. Nobody can see yeah, my face. Yeah, they can't tell what we're doing. Just so you know, that was a hilarious joke, and you all missed it. Chad, so. you're so funny. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> were you also a stand-up comedian? Um, Anyways. So I, I, I'm I, going to interrupt you. Yeah, I, no, please I, do. Um, I do. Like you were saying, I, I do like that heavy line work, mm -hmm. and you were saying it's so it's set in the 40s, so kind of noir. And that, that art style does really scream noir. Absolutely. So it lends itself to it. And, yeah. and that was one of the things I wanted to bring up. It's like, I don't, I think she's newer. Okay. And this is one of her earlier works. And I can see that, that it will get better. And, um, with the things that need to be worked on. Gotcha. Uh, a little bit of just maybe some real life models would help a little bit. Like this guy kicking the door here. Um, okay. it, it's cool, but the, but the motion isn't necessarily portrayed as good as it could because that's what you were saying it's a little static so right right exactly okay but it doesn't kill the book for me and and so i'm pretty excited about that needless to say they they steal some blood and then they realize that uh they're getting hot because they've been doing this a lot it's it's a string of robberies and they don't say why they're stealing the blood but you can kind of start to build an idea of okay they're stealing blood because they're vampires Vampires with morals that don't want to go out and, and that's kill exactly what it is. Wanna... That's exactly what it is. They they are moral, morally viable vampires in in a sense that they aren't interested in killing people, but they have to sustain themselves. So they you know so they steal from blood banks and this FBI agent who's trying to cut his teeth on this new thing is like, hey, somebody's stealing all this blood. Something's going on. We need to we need to full force follow these people and the director of the FBI is like whatever dude this is your problem if you think give me some hard evidence and maybe we'll pursue it but right now it's just stupid there's there's a kind of a weird part where uh, the girl is getting some flack from one of the um, the guards at the blood bank which I'm not sure why he <coughs> has a guard at the blood bank uh, I, I, don't I don't know. know I don't know I don't know but needless to say she he talks about how he's not scared of her and whatever, and then she decides to put a gun in her mouth and... Blow her brains out, yeah, it looks like. take yeah. her head off. Okay. But then she says, scared yet? And he freaks out. Yeah, and I mean, oh, yeah she's scared. Yeah, because yeah. she's missing half her head and she's still talking. Okay. Um, it seems a little 
a little over the top to make a point, but hey, I mean, if your head just grows right back, then that's cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. not for me. No, not for yeah. me. No, no, and uh, I will say it's tasteful. I mean, you do see some splatter, and then she does, does have a little bit of matter hanging in her face on um, the second panel, but then you don't really see that ever again. Yeah, you see it a little bit where it's starting to grow back. The the main thing is comb her hair the other way, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, let's comb over that thing. Needless to say, um. They know that the FBI guy is onto them, but just because they know they've been doing it for a while, so they decide to split up. They go to Vegas. Now, something I'm leaving out here is the whole double entendre of the story. Okay. They're vain in that they're living in excess on purpose. They want to go to Vegas so they can just you know live it up because in Vegas the city never sleeps. They can stay up all night and then they can stay in the casinos with no sunlight whatsoever. In the 40s with all the gangsters. Exactly, and so. Um, one of the things that the FBI agent n- mentions is that they're they're driving a Duesenberg as their getaway car. And if you don't know anything about a Duesenberg, this is 1941. They have a 1938 Duesenberg with a supercharger. That's an expensive car. Yeah, like, expensive. So e- they even have more so now. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's a that's a that's a five uh, seven digit car now, and, and if it's in good condition, yeah, that's a legit car. Yeah, I don't know what it is at all. Um, it's just a fancy car that, you know, like Sheiks and uh, Hitler would drive, you know? Like, okay. Yeah. Well, all, all those good people. You the know. good guys. <laughs> like, Hitler, there, there's a reason I bring up Hitler, <laughs> and I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Um, it's actually the it's, reason I like the book so right, much. It's set in 1941. It's set in 1941. Right. You yeah. can do the math, probably. So needless to say, they kind of go on a thing, and then um, they're leaving a trail of bodies, but something that the FBI agent notices is that the, the most recent body they find, it shows him being eviscerated and ripped in half. It's a little gory. Um, but then when they talk about the murder, it it, it turns out that uh, this guy had a whole barn of dead people and he was just a serial killer, John Wayne Gacy style. Okay. And so that lends to your idea of the moral value of these vampires. So they're they're stealing blood from food banks instead of just straight murdering people. And then the dude that they do kill was a serial killer who killed way more than, than you know. So right, it's like why turn him in? We can just take yeah. care of him, and we we get what we want. Exactly, too. we 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 get we get their blood and the fresh blood. <laughs> exactly, even though it probably tastes like shit because that guy's awful. <laughs> so needless to say, they they decide to reconvene once their blood's starting to run out, and they do it in Vegas, and it's all upscale. Kind of their their tam- their tastes are very expensive. So that lends itself to the vein because they're vain and that they like expensive shit right. and the vein because, you know, they're sucking blood. The book is good. It's fun. It's paced well. Um, let me make sure I'm, it's got a classic feel, which, which, you know, a, a book that like this should have, you know, kind of that noir right. style. And I think the art lends itself to that. Right. That's what I was, that's what I was saying. Yeah. So don't, don't be mad at me for for you know for not liking the art all like not right being over yeah. this. right 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 i think that you you came into your own i'm talking to her personally this person i don't know um the art has come in, came into its own and and i lends itself well to the story i like the um the gay kind of relationship that they're bringing in especially in 1941 and how interesting and uh forbidden it was at the yeah. time um the heavy lines are, are, are what kind of sells the art for me and the face. Like, if you look at this face, you know, she's got kind of a smirk while she's being talked to. 
uh-huh. um, and you can see it in her eyes and, and in her lips. You know, there's there's actual emotion and real realism within the art, and so that's that's why I decided I had better things to more positive to say about the art than negative. Than yeah. negative, right? It's, it's just, just a I, couple of. I think it stumbled out of the constructive constructive right. criticism rather than criticism. Completely, and cool. so I hope that it's it's taken like that if if it is listened to. Um, good. So, so, so the end, the the last page, and this is why I love this thing, and it's a full blown spoiler, but it's what sold the book for me. So you have to hear it. Um, the the FBI guy, uh, at some point talks to the colonel or something from war, uh, and so the vampires break into this guy's office, and he's like, "What's the meaning of all this? Who are you people?" And then one of the women is like, I thought it was obvious. We're vampires and we want to kill Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and, all right. and, and so awesome. all of a sudden I went from being like, yeah, maybe I won't review this book to being like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. All the way. I'm in 100%. That's I awesome. can't wait to, to <clears throat> read the second issue. Um, I've, I've, I've always liked Ellie Rahal's uh, writing style. It, it's to the point, but it, it it's not obvious. I think, I don't know. I like his style. Um, you know, something about vampires that's sexy. If you remember the Anne Rice stuff from the mid early 90s when she did Vampire Stots and all that stuff, there's always been this kind of mysticism of like the sexuality of vampires. And and they, they kind of try and still play on this a little bit, especially with the women. And so, um, it sounds in my like review, Quentin Tarantino's vampire. Sure, there'd be a, a lot more blood needed, yeah, but yes, yeah. <laughs> this one has a little bit of gore, but it's pretty tame in, in its ways because it doesn't. That's not what it's about. And, right, it's not about being gross or anything. So right. Gary Cooper's 1935 Duesenberg SSJ sold for 22 million at auction. 22. <laughs> yeah, yes. like I said, seven figure car. Yeah, wow. they're not cheap. That's they're no joke. <laughs> it's I mean, you said Cary Grant, or Gary, Gary Cooper. Oh yes, yes, another actor. Anyways, I'm going to read the vein uh, because it really the last page really got me. The whole time I was like, "This is good. It's fun." Like I said, the art needs a little bit of work, but not a lot. And uh, but anytime so, you're f- killing Nazis, that f- sealed up the deal. Nazis, yeah. I'm I'm in. Yeah. So yeah, there that you go. Makes me. I might I might pick that up actually. That I had a few like people a pick it up today. Okay. And then um, but some people were looking for it. And that, then that I, was relevant in the '40s. It's relevant again now. Absolutely, Correct. so Fuck, much. How there. crazy is that? It's, it's never sucks. a bad time to punch a Nazi. Yeah, that's <laughs> no doubt. Crazy. Thank you, Captain America. <laughs> so we all read what we live, right? We did. We I did read it right before I got here because I was dealing something with crap that I forgot to mention is the this the vein is on Oni Press, which puts out good stuff. Cool. I'm always a fan of Oni Press's books. Awesome. Yeah, and that's cool that we're talking about something we don't usually talk about as well. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the first time we've actually reviewed an Oni Press book on, on the show. Nice. Now, the, the one we're about to get into is Aftershock, and uh, it is my favorite publisher right now. No Snickers ad. That's weird. It's because it's not DC. No, I was like waiting for an ad, and I'm like... Uh, was there ads at all in this book? Uh, I think back cover. Yeah, I think it, I think it skips ads until the back cover. Yeah, it, so and books, I kept waiting for that Snickers ad, and it wasn't there. <laughs> so books like this, a, a lot of these these smaller publishers, they like to put them all in the back so they don't disrupt your story. That I appreciate the hell out of that. That's why I go through every single ad afterwards, because I appreciate it. And if something jumps out to me, I'm like, cool, you guys did it right. I'm looking at these. When you have them in the middle of the book, I just 
Yeah, I know that. That's very valiant of you. Thought that was awesome. Uh, like I said, I did read it right before I uh, came over. Nice. It kind of. I've never really played video games much. None of that stuff. I was at my nephew's house in Austin ten years ago or whenever. He had Fallout. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. I went and bought an Xbox. Yeah, to because fucking of Fallout. play Fallout. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> game. This reminded me a lot of Fallout, just because it's oh, cool. kind of almost the same thing. Get to the vault, but they're trying to get to the the pickup point to go. Um, right. I, I thought it was awesome. It was uh, it was entertaining. Um, kind of confused me a little bit once they went to this, but that's on TV or whatever he's watching. Yep, that's like an it's like a Their, to teach yeah, kids civil defense announcement, yep. whatever. Yeah, um, it's also an exposition machine. They were they were giving you the backstory of how we got here. Okay. Via that. Via that. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, and then all that made me kind of think of Fallout. I, I went out and bought an Xbox One because you couldn't get what's the new one? Fall not uh, the one after New Vegas. You couldn't get that for the for um, the old Xbox 360. Yeah. So I went and bought an Xbox One just to play that. <laughs> I had an Xbox That's 360 awesome. before the PlayStation Three <laughs> came out, and then literally the day that PlayStation Three came out, I bought a PlayStation Three, sold my Xbox 360 to my cousin. <laughs> but then when um, Left 4 Dead came out, it's a it's a first person shooter yeah, uh, yeah. zombie game. I went out and bought another 360 because I was like, got to play this game. Yeah, Anyways, got to play that. Um, no, I thought it was really good. I thought the illustration was good, um, and like a lot of the stuff reminded me of Fallout. Some of the characters and stuff. Uh, I was wondering why this little girl is taking her little brother across their little world to to get him to the point, and then. They Later on, it. it tells you the parents are both dead. Yep. Um, spoiler, I guess. <laughs> yeah. We're not calling out spoilers anymore. Yeah. I'll do it, I'll do it before we start talking about stuff. Just that way, everybody knows. Um, keep in mind, guys, we're gonna we're we're gonna try and not spoil some of the stuff to make it still you want to read it. And there's some stuff that's so good that you can't spoil it. But I did. When I first opened at this page where it's like, don't be like Bobby's dad, I thought that was an ad. And then I read it, and I'm like, oh, no, Bobby's dad was a dick. And right. That was a <laughs> little fun, wasn't price. it? Yeah, no, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, like depressing, you know, like you were saying, depressing, but yeah, like, no, you're just like oh, really adds to the story. Yeah, don't steal people's little thing. And then the map on the back I thought was cool. Like, I want to read the next one to figure out where they're going. Yeah, where, where they're going, at. what's going on. That's awesome, man. No, I thought it was a... It was really good. It's exciting that you liked it, honestly. I I started reading it and I was like, "That's what's fun about this, man." Is is people that, and honestly, I never would have thought to you know right. to read yeah. right. And so this is uh, this is written by Anaki Miranda and Roy Miranda. Yeah, the Miranda brothers. brothers. Um, Anaki has done a ton of stuff. Um, uh, like Judge Dredd in the two thousands, Fables, which is. Family knows fables. It's yep. pretty good. Uh, uh, Catwoman, a, a bunch of DC books. Catwoman, Wonder Woman, Batgirl, all girl-centric books. I'm not sure why, if that's just coincidence, or if he's just really capable of drawing, writing women. But uh, Roy, he's an artist, typically. Roy, I couldn't find much background on him, um, co-wrote this with him. So I think that they just worked as collaborative to write it, and then Anaki drew it. And then you got uh, Eva De La Cruz as the colorist. Um, and so I was wondering if you saw these. I did. 
Did you uh, did you happen scan. to do that? No. No, neither did I. What is it? So this book is set up that you can scan. Oh, the QR codes? Yeah, yeah I did not a, do that. I saw that. There's a QR there's a QR code for White Whale because it's music. And this is the oh, music shit. that they want to set this story to. And so at the end, you've got I Will Follow You. Original comics book soundtrack. Yeah. yeah. So you start it. So what you're supposed to do is scan it and then read it read as, it as everything's as playing. playing. Okay. That's super cool. This isn't the first time somebody's done that. Right. And I just think that's neat. That's totally cool. I mean, um, absolutely. Cross medium. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, so the, the subtitle of this book, this the book is called We Live. This chapter is called I Will Follow You. Um, and so the last song is I Will Follow You. I was hoping that this was a sequel to Day Live, the movie, but it wasn't. No, I don't know what that is. Really? Yeah. Dude, Day Live. It's a it's an 80s sci-fi film about aliens, and they can, they, they, they're basically shapeshifters, so they look like us, but Rowdy Roddy Piper, <laughs> he has special glasses, and he can see which, which people are and aren't aliens, and it's a cool, lower-budget B-film sci-fi. It's great. You need to watch it. Okay. Now you know. There you go. Um, so I, I wanted to touch on what you were talking about. You were talking about the, um, what was it, Bobby's dad, don't be like Bobby's dad. Yeah. Um, so the kids, so so these things drop from space, I guess, right? The aliens had said, like, your planet is essentially going to be destroyed. Here's these little armbands. You get to save, what, 5,000 children? 5,000 yeah. children, yeah. yeah, and only children. Only children. 5,000 of them put this armband on them and we'll know that they can go with us. They have to get from wherever they're at. We've got transports set up to take them to these towers and we'll pick them up there. Um, and basically this is that for lack of a better term, this is the adventure of a group of people trying to get there. Right. Right. And you were, you were alluding to the, the little, the, the little girl was taking her little brother cause both the parents are dead. And that's when, when they found the, the armband, apparently she didn't just take it. Like she gave it to, to the, the brother. little brother. Yeah. And that's a little girl. She's got to be what? Eight. Yeah. Something she's, like that, yeah. they're both tiny. Yeah. And so I, that was really, that was really drawing to the story for me about, you know, little kids can do the right thing too. If you teach them throughout their life, they'll emulate what good things you do. And most be people, good people are a product of their parents. It's not always the case, but most of the time, you right? Know, say ninety-five percent, if not more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a powerful scene. Yeah, they're like he didn't put the mark on the door. Like he's he didn't say he was leaving, and then yeah, and then you see why and he's like, dangling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's. <clears throat> um. There's really cool stuff, you know, like some some sci-fi stuff that's kind of put into this, like his helmet, the panther helmet or whatever that is. There's some gruesome stuff in here. Yeah, what are these, like, plant, weird plant people? There's some kind yeah. of zombie thing, like... And that's part of the destruction of the... Is this Earth? Yeah, this yeah, is Earth. Earth. And I don't okay. know if it's going to be destroyed as much as it's going to be inhabitable. Well, yeah, they're going to take the kids away to a different, a new planet to, to start again. And they basically uh, said all these. Because like, all guys these have ruined this. mutants, yeah. the things are coming out of the forest, and this was super. Like I didn't think they were going in this direction um, when these 
weird plant mutant things come out and <laughs> scratch one of the little girls. Oh, yeah, that was pretty brutal. I was like, oh, that's pretty quick that yeah. he's just like, hold on, come here. We're going to wrap you in a blanket because we know what's yeah. going to happen. I'm going to tie that blanket around you. Her face reminded me of, remember we, we read Big Girls? Yeah. The monster, the, when the, the men become big monsters, similar face. It yeah. just reminded me of it. You can see hollow points. Yeah. That's a nice like, little detail. Yeah. And he's like, you're not putting her down. She's not her. Right. Yeah. yeah. She's no longer long a little gone. child. Yeah. Um, <coughs> yeah. And there's. What did this? I was a little confused. Why? They said a storm was coming. So it's probably. Just a weird electrical storm that lasted for three panels. Two seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, okay. it, it. Enough to flip the bus over and send people scattering. Create an issue is what it, all it did was. Right. Plot device. It seems like it was, I think, like you're saying, a plot device, but not a very well it, it's a little out yeah just, yeah it's just all like i would well, say how did they get stopped a lightning storm okay let's just do that there was somebody, a lightning storm and then all of a sudden they somebody alluded to it there. earlier you better be quick there's a storm coming or something right yeah um yeah so they get broken down and that's part of the well now they have to make that journey on foot and right and it's and, it was a four day and they had Snapchat filters back then. Because now he's got the panda filter, dude. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. I was like, that that's actually pretty sweet. It was neat. And you kind of wonder why, how that's going to come into play. It's going to come into play. Right, right, right. Because he said, she, she told him he's going to be a superhero, whatever. Right. So something's going to come out of that where he's... Where he, they don't anticipate that he's going to be. But maybe he really will. Maybe he will be. Like, I like the... So he's got a cir- a couple of circles on his chest on his uniform, and I like how she Explains, she describes yeah. to him what what they all That's mean. He's the protector. The and little the dot exterior. in the middle. Our parents. Yeah. And yeah. It's it just, was a good book. It it really was. The like, art's phenomenal. The art is actually really really good. Um, at first, at first I was this whole post apocalyptic stuff kind of gets old there's there is a lot of that in comic books seems too easy it seems easy um but i feel like they went in a really they went in a really good direction with it the second that that other little girl got scratched it's not an argument about what we need to do with her everybody knows what's going to happen yeah so they just have to yeah they take care of her it's not a like well you need to wait or blah 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 it's just this is (laughs) what we do (laughs) they care all that kid yeah the walking dead Yeah. yeah Um, I thought that I thought this was really really good. I like, you know, it's got a, a good card stock for the cover. Yeah. Um, I will let me back up real quick. Okay. Aftershock has put a lot of their baskets, their eggs in this basket. As far as this is their flagship book, flagship book for this moment. Yeah, that's great. I like the main protagonist, uh, helper guy. Um, the 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 basically the the grumpy the, old man. The grumpy old man, right? Yeah. He's the 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 tour lead or whatever i love the front cover and i'd like to know what's going on with that crazy gigantic saw yeah um and then you know they don't really explain it but there's this other girl with this weird robot dude right yeah and what is that robot guy everybody's allowed to bring one person, person. with them and Big it's basically gonna be person yeah you know so there's not five thousand people that are going to wherever they're going it's ten thousand basically right are those people? I wonder if those people are going to get to go, or if they're just yeah. There I to, wondered that too. That's why I was kind just of like, there to get them to the right. They're the I think they're supposed to just take liaison. them to the drop off. Well, they're the chaperone. The girl with the big robot guy told um, 
the other girl, don't worry, when we're gone, he'll take care of you. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And so, that was kind of our clue that's, that, that, that they're just a chaperone to the, to the taking yeah. off point and then they get left. The big robot guy's name is Alice. Really? Was it's it fantastic. Alice? So is it the robot girl? Tella, what is that? That's Alice. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's her nanny, her robot nanny. Like whatever <laughs> it is. I mean, it, it could she, be a male. She Who must knows? have been rich. I guarantee you that will come into play too. It'd be nice. To, I'm sure we'll get to learn. And these are the things I want to learn. Um, why were these children specifically chosen? You know, were they? I thought it was just complete random happenstance because the the things fell from the sky and like the mother was saying, you found one, and you gave it to your brother, and it wasn't it wasn't that the anybody was picked. It was more of like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory like. Oh, you oh, found ticket. a golden ticket. I That's thought that she had been like. chosen and she chose to to send her brother instead. But, I mean, okay. That's just what I took out of it and it was just me assuming. I, I can't something. go either way. Right, right. So, I'm sure we'll get more more info in the second issue, which I will definitely be reading. Yeah, yeah it says if you have found a pod, follow the instructions inside. Put See, the, they didn't say that it's the rest- randomly put there. It's like if you found a pod, which means that you maybe we you, if you found the pod because we gave you but the then pod. it says put the rescue bracelet on a child so it's not like put on on the one with you that you found right. if you found it follow the instructions put this okay. bracelet on a child so by Alice so, taking care of the other girl once they leave I hope it's gonna be maybe still two gonna let us bolt yeah exactly still let us know where the kids went and then what's still happening on the ground type my of. assumption is that we're never gonna make it off the planet Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, Thanks for ruining it. I think it. this... Oh, it's just an assumption. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, my assumption is that Alice and the sister are going to die once they leave. That's worse. Thanks. I think <laughs> that this, damn, this book is going to be home. mostly about the journey to get to where they're going. Yeah, they said that they were supposed to leave in 48 hours. They had... If they walked, it was 24 more hours. So they right. said we should have plenty of time. Right. Um, they just got to hurry. I think this this story is all about the journey, and I think that where they're going is going to be only a little bit, or it's going to be the lead into the next arc, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know? like I think this first six issues or whatever will it's just a journey. I mean, they already set it up. You know, it would have been super easy, barely any convenience for them to just drive, drive the van to wherever the spire or whatever it is it takes get, off yeah, and let them go, right? True. But no. They they ran into a speed bump, <laughs> but no, they just had a, a small weird storm. electrical storm, yeah. a weird electrical <laughs> storm, and some plant vampire monster things, and the plant vampire zombies. Sure, I like, mean we don't are, even know. I don't know what they are, <laughs> and that's part of the thrill of of the read is is these come out every two weeks. Uh, typically, it's a month. Month, yep. okay. Well, let me know when the next one comes in. I'll come by it. Cool, awesome. I'll post. Do you want like that one? Read read yeah, cool. Yeah, these are cool. Glad you um, like it, man. That's fantastic. That's that's the exciting part of like why I wanted to start this thing and get to. And I I use the term cultures because they are two different cultures. Beer culture is different than comic book culture, and bring those together because there are so many things that meld together, and just good creative storytelling I think can bridge any gaps between people if you know. And this is something we've talked about before, nerdism. Nerding out on whatever it is is still nerding out on right. something. It doesn't have to be science nope. or <coughs> comic books or skateboarding. It's whatever you want to nerd out about. To make whatever beer, you've you got to be a beer nerd because <clears throat> you can't absolutely. phone it in. you got to 
Right, um, right. You've got to know it inside and out and, and live it, breathe it initially. Yeah, and always evolve. You can't just get stagnant or... Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I'm, I learn shit every day. It's great. Which is good. And I get excited about learning shit every day. Like, it's... <laughs> my my learning will never end because there's new stories on a weekly. That's... Right. I will always awesome. be reading. I will always be learning something new. And as long as... As long as people, you know, if if and if any one of us, I mean, I think unanimously we're all on board for the second one. Yeah. And if there's a, if there's ever any a time, not even at the table, but anywhere else, where oh, I liked this story. Oh, well, I didn't. I didn't like the story at all. It's not about because there there has been for quite a number of years. It's like you're stupid for liking that story. Like that's bullshit, and we don't put up with any. I get clowned like for liking the Phantom Menace all the time. Right, and it's like, why does anybody have to give you shit for it? Like, you can enjoy <laughs> for the what same you reason enjoy. anybody gives anybody shit. It's not fun it's to me. Kind of what our country's going through right now. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Wow. You don't believe what wow, I wow. believe? You're stupid. Right. Well, how about we talk about it? Let's yeah, yeah. Let's it. meet in the middle and just you know, no watch out for each other. Yeah. yeah. It's black and white. There's no gray. Well, you know, I like gray. I like gray too. Sure. Unless you're a Nazi. There's, There's no, no gray, gray there. I, I think they're yeah. They're That's all black and they're white. all the way on one side. <laughs> yeah. Those dicks. Yeah. Those dicks. But uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah. I just I I really thought that this and it's it's I feel like it's been going really well. Um, you know, we've had somebody who already knew comic books on, and we had somebody who didn't know anything about comic books, just like you. And it feels like the genuine response has been like. This one was fun. This is the specific one that got me. Like, not every book is is about like, oh, I want to get this one and read this one. But there, we did find one that you really like, and you're like, I'm gonna get the second one, and I want to check it out. I think that's awesome. Absolutely. Yesterday, when we were trying to decide what book we were gonna read, because there's a few number ones on the wall this week, and uh, they're all indie books, which I tend to gravitate more to now. Um, we were like, okay, there's this one. The Killjoys, which is Gerard Way. And we were initially going to do that because I went big on that book just because it's Gerard Way. But we decided that last week we read a book with backstory that none of us knew. And it felt we all were kind of discombobulated as far as, well, I don't know the backstory, so I didn't feel comfortable with this story because it really just felt like it was a get-together-again story. Right. This one we, we actively decided not to do that with. We wanted to find a book where none of us knew the characters, Brand it was new. a brand new, fresh jump in start, and it, it worked for me. I, I, so yeah, I'm glad I, you liked it. I liked it, it a lot. Are you gonna reread it with the? Yeah, with the music, you have to. <laughs> did you see the guy that did the music it. on the back? No, who did it? Uh, Dave Sharp. Dave Sharp. He's got a little thing right here. Oh, oh man, I could have saved myself so much time by reading the back page instead of like going on the internet to try and look. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah, great. Oh, you didn't do that? <laughs> no, no, like I, I in, looked it all up online. That's why like I couldn't find anything zombie or something. He wasn't, but, yeah. I've seen White Zombie a few times. It's a good show. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen Rob by <coughs> himself, but White Zombie, 12-foot flame towers, and, yeah. and super hot chick on base. I saw him at the House of Blues. No. In L.A.? No, no, no. I saw, in a, I saw um, Rob Zombie at... Ozfest one year. Zach Wild, I saw at uh, House of Blues in L.A. Zach Wild just like wailing on the guitar by himself or what? Yeah, I guess he was in a band or something. Which one? 
I don't know. A friend of mine loves Zach Wild. So man, like, if, okay. if Vinny from Pantera didn't die, Pantera was going back on tour with Zach in place of Dimebag, and I was oh ready for it. Wow. And then Vinny died. Damn. And no more Pantera. It's too bad. That is Indeed. too bad. Cool. Well, you know what else is too bad? We all gotta go. Yeah. I got stuff I gotta do for the forty-eight hour film project. We got uh, beer lines that need to be fixed. He needs to go home and chill out. Probably. Just need to eat, dude. It's right. He yeah, needs to eat. Well, we really appreciate everybody. Hope you enjoyed this episode. <laughs>